So this morning, we have a special guest. Actually, he's not a guest at all. But we'll see a guest speaker, his first, first time speaking to us, right, the church. But he's going to share part of his story. So we're going to kind of do like a testimony interview style, but more him. Jonathan is going to be our man to speak. So you can call him Jonathan. So we're just going to do like a... He's going to share his story, so we're going to just go back and forth. I might ask a couple questions, but um, so we're just going to pray for Jonathan as he shares his story. So, Father, we just thank you for Jonathan being willing to speak and share from his heart what you have done from from the young years of his life to the present and what what that journey has looked like and parts of that have you've revealed to him and how he's growing in that. So I just pray just um, you'd be able to speak through Jonathan this morning and share on his heart what you put on his mind and to, to give of us. And so we just thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. 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 Somebody told me there were going to be snacks up here. I know. I think we should do actually coffee and snacks. It seems more fitting. Here's a bottle of water. That, yeah. So, yeah, I'll pass the mic to you so you can hear. Um, but so Jonathan, we're just kind of, I'll ask some questions here and there, but you just kind of share your story as we go along the way and kind of how you've learned, Mm -hmm. you know, and grown up. So how about the first thing is how, how did your life look like in your younger years? Or would you say as your journey and as a young boy, and learning about God, or what did that look like, or lack of, or do you want to just tell us like more of what that looked like growing up, just your life? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? So, uh, Jonathan is the name. Uh, so, I was uh, born and raised around the Tri-Cities area. So, uh, I was born in Othello, kind of grew up in Connell a little bit, and then when I was like six, Moved to Tri-Cities, Pasco to be exact. So, mini Mexico, for you that don't know. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, my mom was a drug addict. You know, so that was, uh, it was, at the time, I knew it was bad. I just didn't know, like, you know, what was better that was, that was out there. But, um I was uh, I was just telling Nick that like at a young age I learned like I had to like I came to terms I grasped the that life sucked, you know, and I just had to like come to terms with it and deal with it as it came along. I think it was uh, so just to kind of give you a glimpse of like negligent my mom was was uh she lived hydrocodone out one time like a bottle, and I got a hold of that I was four, and I took the whole bottle. Within, yeah, within like a couple of hours. And uh, I overdosed on that, yeah, as you could imagine. So, uh, and we lived all the way in Connell. And if you guys, I don't know if they do now, but at the time there was no hospital in Connell. So, um, I, I, they brought me back to life on that. You know, I ended up like passing. Um, they, on the way, you know what's funny is that. I remember that whole situation is like I was awake the whole time. You know, it was like from Connell all the way to Pasco to the hospital. My mom carried me in. My mom says I was passed out the whole way. 
and like and I remember the whole thing and like like I've talked to her about it and she like swears that I was like but I remember it like like 100%. Yeah. And um it was a uh, I don't I don't remember like after that, you know, my life kind of continued. Uh my mom ended up uh marrying this guy that was also a drug addict. Um he was uh more of a dealer, so and this guy was very abusive towards us, you know, and uh and like I mean, I remember there was one time when I was like, you know, seven or eight, I remembered I was like, Wow. Like I think I didn't get spanked for like two days or like she say beat, you know, and I remember I was like, Wow. Two days, that's great. And I remember feeling weird about it, you know, like I don't think I should be, you know, feeling like yeah. And so like uh I think when I was seven, I was uh, I was outside. My mom was out doing her thing, and there was a neighbor upstairs, and uh, he was outside reading his Bible. Well, I didn't know at the time, so I asked him. I was like, "What's that?" You know. And then he uh, he made it really clear, right? Pretty much, just like uh, you could either go to heaven or you could go to hell. That's, that's exactly how he put it. I was like, "All right, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to." <laughs> so like, I gave my heart to the Lord right there. Yeah, and check this out, man. This is funny because um, my mom came back from wherever she was that same day, and like I was so happy, and I was telling her my mom what she did, and she got us all in the car. My mom was drinking and driving, and we ended up getting in a car accident. And it's like I, I forgot like all about that, right? I was like, oh well, there's there's that. Um, I mean. Life, life went on. I kept getting like uh, my abusive stepfather. I kept like you know. I think like my mom would beat us like before he came in the picture. But it's kind of like he took the torch like when he was there, you know. And uh, I think um, growing up in that, I I have had enough. And this is like when I realized like that I don't have to like sit there and take it. And I remember one time he he came into the room and I can't. Can't remember what it was, but uh, Lish, my fiance, says that I'm very justice oriented. I don't know where that came from, but like, he was accusing me of something I didn't do, and like, I was very upset. And he took out a TV cable and he started hitting me with it, and he wanted me to do something specific, and I told him, "No, I'm not gonna do it." And like, and he hit me again, and I stood my ground. I was not gonna do it. I mean, this guy hit me till he was tired. Like, I mean, he was like out of breath, and like I, I and I was, I was like 13 at the time, and all my brothers. So like, I have two, two brothers, two sisters, but my my two brothers were right there watching the whole thing, and I did not, I did not bend, I did not break. I was like, dude, I am not doing it. To the point where my mom ended up coming in the room, and she was like, what's going on? And he's like, he doesn't want to do what I'm telling him to do. And my mom just told me, just do it. And I did it. But it was mostly to show him, like, I did it because she told me to, not because you. You know, like, and, like, you know, that change, that was a catapult because my brother saw that. And then right after my, my brother's one year younger than me, he did it. Right after that, he stood up to him the same way I did. And that, uh, that started driving him away. You know, driving him away like he was like, we were getting old. You know, we were getting older. Like, he wasn't going to be able to push us along much longer. So, um, and like, I mean, I mind you, drugs were in the picture the whole time. Like, uh, we, we knew there were. It was just like, 
like very, very bad. Like going to school, you know, like uh, I would get bullied at school. It's just like uh, we were the same clothes. It's just, you know, like we, the money was there. It's just like getting invested in the wrong things. And uh, I think one time I finally, uh, him and my, like he ended up leaving because like I, th I think one of the main things was like he couldn't do what he wanted anymore. It's like we were getting too old, so he ended up leaving. And uh, I think with that, my mom felt desperate. Like she didn't know what to do with us because uh, we were getting older, you know. And like, I mean, teens rebel, right? Especially in a situation like that. I kind of, but uh, one time my mom, uh, she was trying to discipline me for something. And I think at this point I was already like 14, I was like 15. And uh, I mean, I was taller than my mom. I was stronger at this time, and she tried to hit me, and, like, she couldn't. Like, I just, like, I was just, I just was blocking my myself, and, like, I don't think she was doing the damage she could anymore. So she called the cops on me, and uh, she told the cops that I hit her. Of course, the, the cops believed her, so I went to jail, you know. And, uh, I mean, at this point, I felt so... Uh, so helpless, you know, I felt like, I mean, what are they, like, what are they gonna, what are they gonna, they're not gonna believe me. I told them it wasn't me, but like, you know, like, so I ended up, uh, I went to jail and my mom didn't do this once. She did it about seven times, over and over, yeah. So like, I mean, so with what was going on, I started having troubles, troubles in school. So they cut my time half in school, so I was spending more time in the streets, you know, and uh, and that I joined a gang, you know, and like for you that don't know, you know, like gangs, like it's like they know how to do it, right? Because in the situation with me, there's a lot of kids out there that the gang make make you feel wanted, you know, welcome, like hey, like you know, we'll take care of you. Nobody will pick on you, man. Like we'll we'll back you up, dude, and. Um, I already had like, like uh, when I stood up to my to my stepdad, I, I felt like powerful, and I like how that felt, right? I felt like, like man, if this grown guy was scared of me, I can, like, I can, I can really do it. So uh, and I remember me thinking my mentality, because one of the guys that was trying to like, it's like a pyramid scheme, right? They're like, you don't have to do that much, man, but just do enough. You know, and then like, and then you'll be cool. I was like, all right. So if I, uh, we call it putting in work, right? I was like, if I put in work once a week, I don't have to like do anything for the, and then I could like, I could be, be that's, that's not how it happened. <laughs> you know, is you get involved. You, you get like, um, especially me, when I do something, I get committed, you know, and I feel like, uh, like when passion is in the wrong things is a dangerous thing, right? So, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I'm a passionate person, and I was put into the, the wrong thing. Um, and uh, I, I joined a gang, and there was a, I was telling Nick about this today. God, I felt like God, looking back now, there's people that got placed in my life, you know, that would, like, give me a hand, and, like, that would keep me sane, right? They would keep me out of, like, me getting in my own head. And there was a, I had a counselor, Faustino Rojas, he was a middle school counselor. And I knew him before gangs, 
And like once I had joined the gang, this is how I knew I was lost because there was a fight that broke out in the middle of a, like right in the front of a middle school and he was there. And uh, I was with all my little buddies, you know, thinking I was tough. And he, uh, we, were, we were going away from the school, heading towards more, more trouble. And uh, I was walking with my friends and I was kind of like in the back walking and the counselor comes out. He's like, Jonathan, come here, man, come here. Like a friend, right? Like, come on. And like, I just looked at him and like, I just did this and just like, just kept walking. And like, but like, I like, and I remember like, when I was walking, I, I looked back real quick and like, he was just so broken hearted. And like, even talking about it today, that still breaks my heart, you know? It, it's like, like, uh, I saw him when I was 25, like 25. This is like years, like, I mean, I was like 16 at the time, but I saw him like when I was 25 at Costco. And like, this guy comes up to me and I knew who he was right away. And he gives, gives me a hug. He's like, dude, I thought you were dead. And he was crying, you know? And we both talked about that moment. And he was like, you know, that really broke my heart. I was like, I know. He's like, but it makes me happy that you're doing good right now. And it was like people like that, that like God put in my life. You know, so like. I should have got another mic. Because then it's like, I have to go over and ask you. It's good. So along this journey and experience, you know, growing up, what would you say, like, along the way, um, we already, you mentioned some of the things that happened. You got into juvie and stuff, or, yeah, I assume it was juvie because of what your mom had yeah. said. Um, what are some, what was some clearly defining moments where you said, like, okay, there was, like, a changing moment where that happened in your life where you felt like maybe God's speaking to you? Because you kind of described that experience at 16 to 25, like two different, well, I think it was two different people at that time. So maybe along that way, what were a couple of defining moments you experienced along the way? So when I was like deep in the gangs, I think there was a, like I knew, like deep in me, I knew I didn't want that. You know, I was just lost. I didn't know what else to do. I was uh, like, like there's adults that knew I was in a sucky situation but my mom didn't want to let go of me. She still wanted that control. She still wanted that power. And uh, and when my mom did that for the last time, where she like, uh, she she, I went to jail because of her again. Uh, the attorney came up to me and she was like, hey, Jonathan, I, I know you're in a sucky situation, but there's nothing I can do. If you go to jail again for this, you're gonna go away for a long time. Like, we're talking about, like, two years for something I didn't even do. So, like, I think in the back of my mind, I don't know, I didn't think this, but I think somewhere was like, dude, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to go for something I'm, I do, you know. Like, like, I, you know, like the mentality, right? It, it's like, but I felt, I felt like I was cornered. Like, you know, it's just like I can't get out of this. And, um, but, and I was trying to get out of the gangs. And, like, as you guys know, it is tough to get out of gangs. And uh, there was a, something happened where I became a shot caller. 
So right when I wanted to get out and become a shot caller, I get this power, and I'm like, man. And I was heading towards death. That's pretty much like me looking back, that's where I was heading to. And um, <clears throat> I did something dumb where, one, there was a rival gang walking by in the street. It was night. And I, I held him up at a, like at a knife point. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, this guy had history, but I was like, hey, man, give me your stuff, you know. And I walked away feeling peaceful. I didn't know why at the time. But uh, <clears throat> somebody ended up seeing that, and the cops came, and they took a report. I didn't know this at the time, but I was under investigation for like two weeks. And uh, I feel like during those two weeks, me looking back now, I was like walking without God, right? I was so far, so detached, like, because like... Uh, Have you guys ever been like rock climbing or like somewhere really high? Imagine like walking like a tight rope without a safety rope, like holding, you know, that's how it felt. Like just like, like one false step and not like, and I'm done. And I got picked up, I got picked up at a, so like a, I wasn't a dumb kid at all by any means. I had the, the phone that I saw in my pocket and they called me to the office and every piece of me told me get rid of that phone. Get rid of it. But something didn't let me. And when the cops got me, they saw the phone and they were like, that's it. That's what cemented me. And they, they put me in the back of the cop car. So every time I would get arrested, I would be crying. I'd be bawling. You know, because, like, I would go to jail for no reason. It wasn't my fault. My mom would call the cops on me, you know. And this time, like, the cops were, like, waiting for me to cry, you know. But that was something I did. That was my fault. But when those handcuffs went over, like went on me, I felt peace. I got put in that cop car. I felt like this huge weight just got lifted off my shoulders. And that was my life being saved right there. So I went, I went to jail. I ended up going to jail for a year and a half. And uh, <clears throat> I remember on my way to on my way to the juvenile prison, I was like, I'm done with gangs. I don't care what happens, I'm done. And what happened had to happen. I got, I got beat up in jail a few times. But, you know, I, got, I, got, I like to think of myself as a funny guy. You know, I was like, so like, I was like, like, they liked me. They ended up liking me, you know, after they beat me up. They were like, hey, you're a pretty cool guy, man. <laughs> like, like, they were like, so like I you know I ended up uh like like really making friends there and um I had a roommate. So like I mean if you guys don't know, you got a lot of free time in jail. <laughs> so uh, I had a there was this my roommate, <clears throat> he didn't know how to read. So one time I was reading the Bible and he's like, "Hey man, what are you what are you reading?" And uh I told him and he asked me to read it read it to him. So I would read it to him every day. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, a guy that doesn't know how to read? Like, what are the chances that, like, I'm stuck with this guy? Everybody knows how to read, so I think, right? And I'm stuck with this guy that doesn't know how to read, and this guy wants me to read the Bible to him. 
you know, and me reading the Bible to him helped me come to a better understanding of, like, what I was reading. And, uh, and I remember one time uh, we were in visitation, and this kid's dad came up to me, and he gave me a hug. I didn't know this guy. He's like, thank you. You reading the Bible is changing my kid. And then, like, and one of the things that was defining was that <clears throat> I would look around, and there was kids there that, same like me, they had sucky situations, right? But they had accepted it and saying, like, well, I guess this is me. This is what, this is what it is. There's, a, there's a, a guy I grew up with in Tri-Cities that ended up in Shahela's with him in prison. And he's no longer with us. But his mentality was, it's my destiny to die in the penitentiary. Like, that's what he always say. He would speak life into that. But I, I, I knew that wasn't, I, I knew that God has better plans for me. I, I knew he had the whole time. I felt like the people that God would put in my life. So, like, if you guys have anybody that you guys are speaking to, remember, that seed is getting planted. Because I might have not, like, like show these people, like, yeah, I'm listening. But it was thickening. The counselor that he thought like that, you know, he felt like he failed. Like I was, I was listening to him the whole time. Like that, that always played in my head. And uh, I got out of jail. I went to go live with my aunt, so I got away from my mom. And uh, my aunt was a huge, huge help in my life. But uh. I, you know, blessings in disguise, like uh, a girl that I was seeing at the time ended up getting pregnant, you know, and that's Candace, you know, and I feel like slowly I was, uh, Candace was born, and before she was born, before, you know, like I was noticing I started sliding back, I started hanging out with like my friends in the gang, and I slowly started sliding back. But I feel like God's like, oh, no, you don't. You know, like, like um, when I found out that I was going to be a dad, I was like, something in me was like, dude, this kid is not going to be in the same situation you were. You're going to stand by her, and you're going stick it, to stick it out to the end. And I did. And I, I got a job. I, I got a job working at Tyson. And I remember, like, Three months in, I was like, man, this is hard. I was like, this is terrible, man. But, like, my feet were aching, and, like, I think that's when, like, like I was a grown-up, right? I was like, well, we got to stick it out. I worked, I worked there for four years, and, like, it was all, like, my drive was, like, was, like, my daughter, you know? And, like, I, although I wasn't walking close to God, I felt like God used my daughter to hold me up until he came back, or until, like, I looked, looked for him again. And then I ended up, like, uh, breaking up with my uh, daughter's mom. And uh, I met this girl that she brought me back to the church. And uh, through everything, I, I've stayed in the church. I uh, fell in love with God again. Remember the first time I stepped back into the church, I, like, You know, when you step into God's presence, it's just like I step back in and I, I just, like, I started crying. 
because I felt like God was like, hey, you, welcome back. <laughs> like, you know, like, and like, I was like, oh. I really think it's um, powerful how you shared real life situations where somebody else that you trusted had hurt you and, you know, put you in a bad situation, like your, your mother and stuff like that. And in that, in that particular, that would be hard to face. Um, but you, the, also the acknowledgement of like, Oh, a couple of things like decisions you made that put you in the bad situation Julie, for the year and a half. So looking at that experience where, because I think really all of us probably could relate. We've all had some situations happen to us that wasn't fair or good, but we've also had a part to share in our part of our story. So, um, and how Christ meets us in that is pretty cool, and how he met you specifically is awesome. So now looking at where you have come and, you know, God's brought you through, and I know there's a lot more to the story. You can't, we can't share all this morning, but looking at where you're at now and which how god's kind of redeemed you jesus come into your life and met you where you're at um and a lot of good has come since even that time we've you know that you just last mentioned but where you feel like you know like right now where jesus is leading you and what are the new things he's doing you and redeeming to kind of bring that all together to kind of be a light to others i think it's been about a over a year already that like so I learned a long time ago, like when I like came back to Jesus, that like I have I have to forgive people, you know. My mom being one of the ones included, and in, like I felt like everything I went through, like like I uh, I forgave my mom. I forgave everybody that like you know that I felt wronged by, and that you know man that helped me. And like so like let the past be the past, you know. It is what it is, and like uh, I don't, you know, I don't let the past you know, like, really haunt me. Like, I mean, there's certain things, like, I don't like spaghetti because of jail, you know, but hey, that's a, <laughs> dude, hey, when you eat it three times a week, you're going to get tired of it too, man, <laughs> you know? Like, but, uh, no, um, there's, like, yeah, things, things like that, but this last year, I felt that God was, like, bringing those things up to the surface back in me, but not to, like, bring it up, but to, like, make me sensitive to it, you know? And, like, I didn't know why. And, uh, but you got to believe. It's sad, right? But I was going through all this. And there was a lot of people out there that didn't know. But I was going through all this. And there was kids all over that were going through the same thing I was or worse. It's out there. We just live life and not knowing, you know, because, like, so I think just like God seeks us out, we got to seek him out, seek those kids out. Because there's kids out there hurting, waiting for a counselor, waiting for one of us to go in like, you know, like, like, hey, what do you need right now? Somebody to speak Jesus into them. So I feel like God's been doing that. So like he, uh, through uh, Laurel and Gabriel, I, uh, I, in my, uh, my fiance, I uh, got you know introduced to uh, to Young Life, which is a youth ministry, you know, built to like you know go to schools and you know go with kids and make relationships with them and you know going to dark places, going to the trenches and take them out. You know, that's that's essentially you know 
like bringing a light to a dark place. That's essentially what you know Young Life is about. And uh, there's a position that came open for uh, an area director. So I'm potentially, you know, I feel like God is leading me towards that, you know, and like I'm, you know, I'm excited for it, for this new opportunity. Um, it's, it feels, it feels right. I'm in a training process right now. Um, and I feel like, like God told me in the drive right uh, one day when I was talking to God and I was like, this feels so overwhelming. I don't know if you can like, you know, I don't know if I can make this happen, take part. And like, I feel like God's like, I'm not here to take part. I'm here to take over. You know, and like, and like, that's a quote that like Nathan knows, and I and I know, and like, I feel like God told me that, and I was like, okay, all right, let, let's do it. So I'm all in. I feel like God is doing that in my life. He wants me to reach out, reach out to kids, and get a team together, and like, uh, and with God in front of us, leading the whole thing and protecting us, it's gonna happen. And I'm excited. That's really cool. I and if you know Jonathan too, like he's really gifted with you, the youth, kids, like all the way from young to high schoolers. He he just has that gifting and that joy in him. So it's cool to see how that kind of comes together, you know, like in just in the part of his story and how that he's able to bring hope and light to people regardless of the situation. So I one thing I want to do and just before um we close up on with Jonathan. Just pray over them together as a congregation, and so, um, and just sending him off in this next new season. He's a part of us, but like still, it's like this new season um, with him doing being a part with Young Life and his to be wife soon, and so excited about that. So Lish, where's Lish? Is here? I didn't realize Lish was going to be here today, so that's cool. Did you know that she was going to be here? Or is that surprise? Yeah, well, no, because... I, 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 uh, I found out yesterday. Okay, okay, because, yeah, she had mentioned earlier she wasn't going to come, so that's cool. All right, so, Father, we just thank you for Jonathan and just his willingness to sh share his story and um, what you've done in his life from the young years of his life to that, that um, neighbor sharing the truth with him to all the way to later on how you've been a part been with Jonathan the whole way through the process. And so the I just pray for life to be put into Jonathan this new season that you're redeeming. You're redeeming for a higher and better purpose to bring light and hope to the youth and to, um, yeah, bring him out of the trenches into the light. And so we just pray strength into Jonathan and just um, just the strength in his um, with him and Lish and their marriage to come. Lord, we just pray encouragement and refreshing into them. Um, and just a new season of joy and hope that he gets to bring to others. So I just pray even those connecting the right people um, to help with that, with Young Life and all that, that they would just be right there to be right by his side and help out and be a part of the team. And we just thank you for Jonathan, and we just pray your pouring of your spirit upon him and filling him up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs>